Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to slow things down, as we try to help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, and connect all those dots to make the news make sense. And there, there's so much that we've got to get to that happened over the weekend. So we're just going to plow right on in today uh, and join the conversation as we go. I want to hear what's on your mind today after a very busy weekend, uh, both in Washington, D.C. and around the country. Uh, you can always do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, 57500, weigh in. Let us know what you're thinking and how you think we can elevate the conversation today. Uh, the big chatter, of course, over the weekend was about the president and his signing of not one, not two, not three, but four executive orders in a single shot at the golf uh, clubhouse there in New Jersey. And uh, as we go through, we're going we're gonna to break down what it is, what he's done, what it means for Congress, and then we have some really important math to do. We talked about this with Tim and Amanda a little earlier this morning, uh, and that is that not all trillion dollars are created equal. Not every trillion is created equal. I'll tell you why in just a second. So let, let's get to it uh, over the weekend. Again, the president did sign these. Remember, Congress was working on uh, a few uh, plans there. It is their job uh, to deal with things like payroll tax. It's their job to deal with distribution of those kind of benefits in terms of unemployment. Uh, also, the uh, non-eviction notice. Uh, all of those things are things that are under the purvey of Congress. Uh, Congress did not get it done, and they left town. And uh, so while they did that, the president had said if they did not act, he would. He kept his promise. Uh, he did take action. And uh, we're going to break down what it is, what it means, what it means to you here in the state of Utah, what it means to the country as we try to unravel this thing and move forward, uh, particularly for those people who are out of work, those who are really struggling financially because of the pandemic and why Congress needs to get back to Washington and get this thing done right. So let's start with just a, a quick overview from our friends at ABC News in terms of what did go down over the weekend. 
President Trump Saturday afternoon. Therefore, I'm taking executive action. We've had it. Using an executive order and a trio of memoranda to extend coronavirus economic relief for millions of Americans, eviction moratoriums, deferment of student loans, deferment of payroll tax, and $400 weekly unemployment checks. Though in Saturday's announcement, the president would not give a timeline for when Americans can expect to see those benefits. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the announcement provides little real help for families. Alex Brashey, ABC News, Washington. So that's what went down, the uh, four different executive orders dealing with all of those things. Uh, again, many questioning uh, whether the president has the right or power to do that. Uh, personally, if you look at the Constitution, I don't think he does. Uh, so is this just more of a posturing uh, move? Is this more about uh, trying to get a better negotiating space? Uh, the minority leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, uh, reacted this way. The president's executive orders described in one word could be paltry in three words, unworkable, weak and far too narrow. All right. So uh, you would expect that coming uh, from Chuck Schumer. And but again, the problem is the Senate didn't act and the House didn't either. And they didn't come together and compromise. So the, the president, as he's done on many occasions, has used the the pen. Uh, president Obama called that. I have a cell phone and a pen. Uh, and he did the same thing. And again, not to uh, conflate those two things, but it is an important precedent that we've got to think through uh, in terms of why that matters and why that is uh, a problem. Uh, the president, of course, shot back at his uh, Democratic counterparts as he was getting ready to board Air Force One. He said this. Nancy Pelosi wants to call and she wants to see if she can do something, but... Uh, They're much more inclined to make a deal now than they would have been two days ago. And we've been going through this routine for a long time, a number of weeks, and it was time to act. All right. So, again, uh, the president said, hey, we've got to go. We've waited far too long. It's time to act on behalf of the American people. Uh, I do want to get one other one. Can we jump to the uh, sound? This was from his uh, Bedminster Golf Club Saturday afternoon. And the president talked about how, Hey, the Democrats are only worried about their big donors or winning an election, uh, but they're not really thinking about those with mental health issues, marriage issues, a host of other things. You see the devastating results of lockdowns, too. You know, you have uh, depression and suicide and drugs and alcohol and bad marriages. Marriages that were very good turn out to be very bad. It's an amazing thing, and it's uh, who would think it? But all right. So, again, the president's laying out his case there. Uh, here, here's the issue. Uh, here, here's the takeaway. Uh, all of this, uh, you can argue what the president did, and you can argue that from a constitutional standpoint, and you would be on very solid ground. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the Democrats swung big on this one, and now they're sort of in a box because they have to deal with the fact that if they challenge this in court— if they challenge these four executive orders in court, they are saying to the American people, those of you who need that $400 a week, you're not going to get it because we're going to tie it up in court. Those of you who need protection from eviction, you're not going to get it. Uh, and, and so that's going to be a political issue, which is the problem. Now, we talked earlier in the day today about the fact that you know we're trying to get to compromise. Again, both chambers of Congress left town. Uh, they left the building. Uh, that is abdication of duty, <laughs> dereliction of duty. And some were just saying, Nancy Pelosi was saying, well, you know, we were at $4.6 trillion and they're at one. So if we could meet in the middle at, you know, 2.7, uh, 
that would be a compromise. Uh, but the, the key learning today is not all trillion are created equal. Uh, and that is because there were so many things packed into the House bill that had nothing to do with a pandemic, nothing to do uh, with getting relief to states and to individuals that, uh, you know, they really end up saying, hey, well, we're willing to compromise and come to the middle. No, the, the way to compromise is to, to start with a clean bill and only place into the bill what is relevant to the bill. They call that being germane to the bill. So only the things that actually relate to this issue of the pandemic and relief for the American people should be included with the bill. That's pretty simple. And so the test, and I believe what we all should be calling on our members of Congress to do, is to get back to Washington and to actually have a negotiation. And I'm not talking about the kind of negotiation where you have the four-person law firm of Pelosi and McCarthy and McConnell and Schumer uh, sitting around a table doing the negotiation, and they come back and tell the members, hey, you just have to vote yes on this. Trust us. Uh, it's an emergency. Uh, that is not leadership, my friends. That is is not leading in the way the Constitution designs, and the American people should expect more, not less. We have been conditioned over and over and over again to just settle. You just have to settle. This is just the way it is. We're too divided to deal with anything that matters. And the problem, the problem is that every time Congress fails to take action that is within their power and the executive branch says, no problem, I'll do that. And again, doesn't matter whether it was President Obama on something like DACA. Congress didn't move. President acted with a cell phone and a pen. And what did it do? It's created great uncertainty because it's in the courts and those young people who are in this country by no fault of their own. Uh, have more uncertainty. Again, this would, they're, they're the ones who are supposed to benefit from this program. Same thing we're going to see here. The very people who are out of work, who are on the edge, who are about to be evicted, they're the ones that are going to have uncertainty because the president did it with a cell phone and a pen. He did it by executive order. And so we have to get past that. We have to get past throwing around a trillion here and a trillion there. Let's get everybody back in Washington Let's start with a clean bill. Let's start with only things that relate to the pandemic. And then let's debate it. Let's amend it. And let's vote on it in front of the American people. That's the way we got to get it done. All right. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll be joined by Doug Wilkes, editor of the Deseret News. Get a little look inside the newsroom, looking at polling, what's going to happen next in the presidential coming up on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.